You're listening to On Documentary with me, Joshua LeBure, presented by KIOS at the Movies. One of my favorite films of last year's True False Film Festival was Days and Nights of Demetra Kay. It's an intimate portrait of an interesting and amazing woman in Greece, who at the time of filming was the proprietor of the oldest brothel in Athens. Since the festival way back in April, I haven't been able to get this film out of my mind. It's so raw and honest that I wanted to sit down with the filmmakers. My name is Eva Stefani. My name is Amanda Livanou. The film is uh, Eva Di- Eva's film, uh, Days and Nights of Dimitra K. Dimitra, really, in Greek, her name is. And immediately upon meeting them, I could see why the film was so special. Eva and Amanda had such a close relationship, and Eva is such a warm and giving person that it really comes across in her film. I asked her what inspired her to make this film and tell this story specifically. Well, uh, Dimitra inspired me. Uh, well, I thought it was a film about, uh, you know, mainly about Dimitra being a sex worker, but finally it's a portrait of this very complex character, full of contradictions, larger-than-life person, who is Dimitra. So we, we follow her uh, in a period of 12 years. During this period, uh, the brothel where she works and owns closes, and... Uh, Through her eyes, we also experience uh, the economical crisis in Greece, as well as other things that happen in her personal life, Um, loss, love, and um, many things that happen to human beings during 12 years. Eva explains how they met. Well, a friend of mine knew her, and uh, uh, through a a German documentary, uh, someone had shot about nightlife in Athens. So, I mean, she's a well-known person in, in Athens because she's the head of the Sex Workers' Union in Greece. So I had known about her, but I, I never thought I would be able to talk to her because she's quite tough. And it took me a while to get to know her and be able to ask her to be in a documentary. So I, I went there and I spent about a year visiting her and just getting to know her. And after that, she she accepted to be filmed. Amanda has produced many of Ava's films, and she said she originally said yes to the film because of one image. But I remember it was prior to the financial crisis where we had a more carefree life, prior to the big hit of the crisis. But Eva showed me a small clip, two, three minutes, which did not make it into the film, which was Dimitra driving around on a sunny day in Athens, driving around in a sports car, um, not a posh sports car, but a sports car with an, an open roof. And she looked so carefree and interesting and this slow hand thing that, that Eva does, I think, in her movies. And so Eva said, this, this is what I want to do. But I would have said, okay, no matter what, because I like everything she does and I like her, so... I had no idea what we were doing when I said okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, first off, you know, I'm thinking about this. We're here in the Midwest of the United States talking about this film. I mean, not only is sex work incredibly stigmatized and hard to talk about, so I'm curious what the attitudes like are in Greece. Well, I think, you know, Greek society is very uh, traditional and very conservative. At the same time, lately, things have been a bit better and People are more open to talk talking about these issues, and but I, still, I think there's a lot of resistance, really. 
and uh, even by people who are supposedly more progressive or more radical, I mean, including me, I, I was quite, uh, you know, shocked uh, and uh, timid in asking various things. And I, I didn't feel, you know, very free to ask things and to, uh, it was quite new to me to be in a brothel and it, exotic as well. So I, I'm still wondering what really drove me to go, be in there. Uh, and it's a question that I still have, unexplored. So, I mean, what is it that really drives you to, to be there? Um, but I think at last the film became more about Dimitra rather about the issue of um, sex work. Because that I have to say that I cannot really understand and get into, I'm, I'm so far from that. And I think documentaries are not about issues, but about people. And every time you limit uh, you know, film about an issue, it's not a film anymore. Because you can just write, uh, I think Wiseman says this, that if you want to make a film, no, if, if you want to send me a message, send me a telegram, you don't want, need to make a film about it. And I find this great, you know. It's not like uh, illustrated lectures. Yeah, I'm interested to dive a little more into that, like now that you mentioned that, because I think a lot about documentary, a lot of the prevalent documentaries are very much issue films. They're very much propaganda or activist films. Can you just dive a little bit more into your approach into documentary in general? Yeah, I'm, I'm really against this kind of documentary. I mean, in, in against, I mean, the, the way I approach documentary, for me, uh, documentaries, um, the reason to make a documentary is uh, a question and can actually remain a question at the end of the film. And it's an enigma that you want to dive into this and uh, a, a way of approaching people and, um, and life. Uh, that's why I really loved um, Pavel's uh, Luzinski film, The Balcony the balcony film, because it is about life. You can't really say what it's about, but it's about, you know, human nature. So it's not about an issue. It's like a Chekhov uh, short story. So you can't limit it to, it's about this or that. You know, it's not about current affairs. And I love this, that it's broader than, you know, something that's happening now. Uh, I think that's what art is about. So documentary is cinema and it's not uh, journalism. I mean, in my view, and I think all the great documentaries, like from Flaherty to Chantal Ackerman to Vertov or, um, um, I don't know, many people I, I love their work is Kosakowski as well, uh, make f films about nothing, actually. I'm very passionate about documentary and, and a lot of the filmmakers you're mentioning and and specifically the way that you approach it. What I love about your film, I guess, specifically is that, you know, or, or, or films like this is whenever people ask what it's about, you can just say, oh, it's about my friend Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, it's about my friend Dimitri, yeah. I, I made a film actually a long time ago and I had to write the synopsis and I just hated, you know, and I just wrote um, two friends. And there was nothing else I could write. It's about, it's called, uh, what time is it? And it's about two friends that I, you know, I'm with them for about two, no, four years. And I, and I just wrote a friendship. There was nothing else I could write, in my opinion, that was more precise. 
either two friends or a friendship. Because then, as long as if I started saying they're two friends that I've followed around for four years, it became more limited. In the U.S., you know, I'm sure it's just a human thing is that we oftentimes, we want a clear answer, you know, but life isn't like that. You know, life is a series of events that may seemingly happen randomly. And anything you assign to it, I think once you assign a synopsis, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Once you assign a synopsis, you know, you kind of negate the viewer's chance of like developing their own. Exactly. I mean, I think there's a a difference between being um, clear and uh, precise and... uh, being um, articulate. I was just going to ask about your approach to producing and why you're attracted to these types of films as well. Well, because the others are boring. Um, I'm, uh, I didn't study producing and I didn't think that, that I would end up doing that, um, which means that I don't have... I don't think I'm a great producer... Um, the way producers need to be these days. I struggle a lot with that. Um, But I do, I think, have great taste. My taste. And so... She's a great producer. (laughs) She's one of the top producers in Greece. Doesn't mean much. It's a small country. But also she's, uh, in my opinion, she's a great producer. Because she's encouraging. She's encouraging, she's like a shrink that she encourages you to meet uh, yourself. You have a finished film that's playing here. That's a pretty great producer. It's hard to finish a film, especially a documentary. Well, um, I think... It's a different, difficult task with me. The thing is, so, <laughs> so this is my approach to producing. You've got to like the person as well as their work. Uh, it doesn't mean that every person you like you can work with. There are people I like a lot. And I like their work, but I don't think I could work with them. But you've got to like the person, and you have to... I don't want to be rigid in what I do. I mean, yes, you're supposed to find the money and give them some kind of environment where they can do their thing, but each each director, artist, each person really needs something different. So for Eva, Eva needs encouragement. Like, she needs to know that you're there. It's hard to know. Sometimes you need to just... Most of the time you need to let her do her thing because she knows her thing and she doesn't demand much. She wants somebody to be with her, like she's shooting outside, but that's that's more or less all. And she wants an editor to be available for her. So most of the time you just need to let her do her thing. You don't need to, to do much and be, you know, hands-on. And then there's a, a point that you need to, like, tell her, snap out of it. I don't know that I always chose the right point. I struggled with it a lot because the minute I say, okay, now you really have to tell her that she really has to finish, that this can't go on forever, or we can keep making installments of Imitra, like, like I don't know, um, Mission Impossible number nine, we can have Imitra nine. Um, and, and not because I have a contract saying somebody's, you know, we got to deliver, but because for her, she... She needs to finish it. And then the, the minute I say this, I doubt myself and I say, how do you know what she needs? Maybe she needs to go on forever. I don't think that helps. But I think in this case, 
I and and although we did have a few arguments about stuff like that, uh, I think that's what I did the most. That I I pushed her at some. I let her be, and then at some point I pushed her, and she had to snap out of it. I think. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> But I still have snapped out of it. <laughs> so what has the response been like? Uh, did you premiere here? I don't remember. Or was there other? No, in Thessaloniki. It, internationally, yes, here. We, we've only screened in Thessaloniki uh, last year. This is our international premiere, yeah. We're very happy it's here. How's, how's the response been? Fantastic. Yeah, I think But, so. But this is, the, I mean, I have a bit of experience with Sundance. I've been there a few times. And and again, there it's in Utah. Of course, it's Sundance by now. But you feel that this is how Sundance might have been. It's They're very open, American audiences, if they decide to be open, like here. This is a small town. It's not the obvious choice. It's not New York. And yet people tell you, oh, I've been watching every film every year for the last 20 years. So you think you're much more better educated than me because I haven't had true false, the true-false lineup in my home for 20 years. I haven't seen all these films. So you're probably better educated than me. And there, I think also in the States, the audiences are much more open and encouraging. And... Uh, I don't know. Even if they don't like the film, they will never. They will never be the way the Europeans are, which is like, oh, you know, kind of. I don't know. Um, not respectful. They respect the filmmaker here, which I think is amazing. Yeah, definitely encouraging, and uh, they respect the fact that you've made a film. I always think about like Ed Can, you know, how they famously have like big booing sessions. <laughs> <laughs> In Thessaloniki, they used to do that. They used yeah. to boo the films. It's a very European thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm really um, surprised and uh, grateful of how, how warm people are here and the whole community and the fact that the town, the whole town is in the festival and they say hi to us in the streets. I mean, I, I, I've never experienced this thing. I, I, it's wonderful. Even as an American, I come to this festival and I'm surprised that people that live in a town like Columbia, a small town in Missouri, which is not a place that you expect like all these experimental nonfiction art documentaries to be playing and people watch them. And they love documentary and they know documentary. I mean, uh, there's a culture of documentary. They really know about documentary. It's not that the, uh, and the choices of documentary here are, you know, serious. It's not that it's any kind of documentary and the people now are trained to watch documentaries and I, I found that fascinating I, I don't think any such festival exists not, not that I've experienced like oh, this no I don't think it exists anywhere yeah because most of the other ones are even the non-fiction ones are still dominated by Showtime films and HBO films and, yeah, and so old, you know about issues and uh, market this is really the documentary way the human way yeah. I think and I'm surprised by the the a lot of times the people hosting the Q&A is like you know last night I saw a film and the host spoke Portuguese and the filmmaker had a had a host as well and the and I'm like where did this host come from <laughs> yeah. they just come to Colombia <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know they're not here with the It's film very, very moving and inspiring you yeah. know for me it, it was a source of inspiration and hope 
for documentary as well. I think it proves to me that I think we underestimate audiences a lot with those the stuff that we spoon feed them. Exactly, exactly. I think I think once you create an experience and you curate, because uh, it it can be chaos if you are I don't know in Greece or in Missouri or in Omaha, and trying to people ask me in, in Greece also like, oh, what are the best documentaries to watch? Half the time I don't know, and we don't get all these channels there like HP. I mean, the good ones. So how how are you going to watch these things? There's stuff like Mubi, which is great, and it helps a lot. And I think that's how it's going to go on. Like there's the supermarkets, and then there's Mubi, which is a highly curated experience. And um, and something like True False, like if you could get this curated experience like the lucky fellows in in Colombia, Missouri, then you don't need anything else. Just these 30 films, you can watch one film a week and you're fine. Days and Nights of Dimitri K is now playing in film festivals. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure.